Hey guys, this is Craig Hostetler. Welcome to the Black Sheep Experience podcast. This is episode number uh, number twenty eight. This is episode twenty eight. Yes, so I have a very cool guest with me uh, on the podcast today. Um, a guy by the name of Todd Larson, also known as Todd Showdown. And uh, my wife, Gina, and I have known Todd um, for a very long time. And I I don't remember exactly how that happened, but I I think that uh, Gina knew Todd or knew of Todd and then took me to a concert that he was performing. And we became friends. And so Gina and I have been friends with Todd now for a very, uh, very long time. And uh, just a very cool guy. Now, uh, a quick bit about Todd. At one time, Todd was the vocalist and a songwriter for a band called An Epic No Less. And they were a Christian contemporary band, signed, um, had a a deal, and uh, played festivals. uh, And they were very good. The music's very good. Todd's got a very good voice. Todd also at one time... uh, was the worship leader for the church that Gina and I pastored. Um, Todd also... um, Oh, Todd is a very snappy dresser. Dude's got tons of style. and, and, And he'll appreciate that I've noted that, right, as one of his attributes. Now, my wife even said, uh, Gina said about Todd... Um, that Todd is a walking work of art. He's just got, he's got that down, right? He's got it down. Um, Todd also is an incredible tattoo artist from Colorado, and Todd thinks he's an atheist, <laughs> or Todd is an atheist, or however you're supposed to put that. But we're going to talk about his story and how he went from this contemporary Christian guy to where he's at today. And I think you're going to enjoy it. He's just got tons of personality. And uh, yeah, we we love Todd. So anyway, uh, before we jump into that conversation real quick, just remember, um, you guys are the way that my um, audience expands, right? And so I I deeply appreciate whenever you share on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that you're listening to this podcast. Um, It means a lot to me. Thank you. Please continue to do that. Additionally, if you haven't followed, liked, whatever, uh, the Black Sheep Experience, you can find the Black Sheep Experience podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And so I appreciate you doing that. All right, guys, that's enough. Let's jump into uh, this conversation. All right, everybody. I am welcome to the Black Sheep Experience. So I'm hanging out uh, this evening with this guy. Um, he is uh, a famous, really, uh, tattoo artist, uh, and uh, <laughs> but also, man, there's a really sordid history here. So this guy used to be a uh, contemporary Christian artist. 
he was a worship leader in my church for a while. And uh, But tonight he's hanging out with me on the podcast. And so welcome to the podcast, Todd Larson. How's it going, man? I'm excellent, Craig. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I think we're just going to have like this open discussion. And uh, we'll just see where it leads us. Sound good? Sounds good to me. So, all right. There is a bit of a... Now, there is a bit of a history here for both of us, really. I mean, we... um, We've been friends for a long time, and we've talked about matters of faith for a long time, and both of us have had drastic changes in our, uh, probably our belief system, I guess. So, for me, i become very disenfranchised, I guess, or, or I've really pushed myself away from what I would call evangelical Christianity, and uh, kind of on my own, I guess. And I, I'm not sure where I'm at with with a lot of things, but for you, now you were, you know, you had an epic no less, which was a contemporary Christian band, and you guys had a fair amount of success. And then uh, you um, were in a lot of different church bands. One of them was in our church, but now you're, you know, you're kind of an atheist. So let's talk about, dude. Just just give me a little bit of the background, how you got where you are today. Yeah, yeah. It seems it probably sounds like a big jump to go from like contemporary Christianity to like not believing really. Um, and I guess I'll practice this by saying that the way I understand and feel and believe now isn't at all because I'm I'm mad or hurt or anything like that. But it, it just came through different understanding and different faiths changing in, in, in me personally. Um, and also, just for your viewers, they might hear my one-and-a-half-year-old son chime in here, so <laughs> apologies if you hear my son throwing blueberries against the wall here. Uh, I guess to get started, Craig, we first kind of met at one of my shows. I was We were in uh, that worship band in Epic No Less, and we you know, we did the record deal thing and or whatever. Um, so I think you're at a show, and you're like, man, you should come to church. It probably won't hurt you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I actually kind of like that. Um because out of most pastors I, I knew, like, you were the one that seemed like kind of the most normal dude. That wasn't too, you know how pastors get a little syrupy sometimes? You know the personality. Oh, type, Lord, but, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you just didn't seem that way. I was like, cool, I'll, I'll try the church. And you guys had kind of a smaller congregation. It just fit me really well at the time. Um, yeah, we did the band thing for a while. And it's the same kind of, like, story you hear every band just inflate their resume to, like, I could probably tell you about the festivals with all the people and the radio and blah, 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 or whatever. But I'll spare everyone from that. Um, so during that time, I was writing, we just signed the record deal, and things were looking up. This is the most motivated I've ever been in my life um, for anything, probably. Um, so we were, we were amped to get this record out, and I just knew it was going to excel us into heavenly glory and fame and fortune. And it turned out nobody bought the record. Um, so at that time, I think I was reevaluating my my faith a lot because I had a lot of questions, um, like most people do. They they start off you know with this excited faith, and they kind of sometimes hit a roadblock with some questions, and they study. And some people maybe get answers um, to those questions. I really didn't. Um, and I was looking into a lot of anti apologists, and I thought that if I surely studied the opposite perspective of the questions I was having or the faith that I had that maybe I would arrive, I always in the past had arrived back to Jesus. And uh, with this point in my life and the studying I did, 
I, I just hit a, a wall where I, I couldn't give an answer to my faith anymore. And I don't remember chapter and verse in Peter. It's like 4.13 or something of that nature. But it said something to the paraphrasing that I should always be prepared to give an answer according to why I believe. Um, and I came to a spot where I just couldn't do that. And, you know, what I was studying was just some basic logic and reason. And that I... I concluded that I could no longer say I believed in something because I didn't feel like I had the appropriate amount of, of evidence to believe that. Uh, and again, I'm not mad or, or hurt really by those things. And I've even talked to a lot of Christians that have asked me about my deconversion and they almost always, man, say, uh, sounds like you're mad at God. Well, I'm really not. I'm okay. Um, it's just I got to the point where I couldn't believe. And so this was a big change for, like, a lot of people. Because, Greg, you knew me. Like, I was freaking passionate about Jesus. Loved him. Loved the guy. Um, and this was, like, a big just shift in my thinking. And at first it was pretty rocky, you know. It's, like, kind of scary. Like, well, shoot, what happens when I die? Like, what have, what have I done with all this time that I invested into, into church and things like that? And so I think I was a little bit disappointed in myself for a while that I had spent so many years and efforts striving for something that just ended up ringing really hollow um, for me. Um, so, yeah, that, that's just a real quick synopsis, man. I know I probably left a lot of room for questions and commentary in there, um, but that's kind of where I'm at. Like, And I, I think uh, also just to add on to that, I get the, I guess, dramatic God comment a lot. And the other one was, well, maybe you never really believed. <laughs> And, Sorry, and I think, yeah, and I think you knew me, Craig. Like, I, I really believed. I really did. Um, for oh shoot, man, like twenty five years of my life, and so it was. It was difficult to come to this conclusion for me. And again, man, I'm a hundred percent open to being wrong about this. And I, I would love for. I think it would be great if God like revealed Himself to me if He was real and Jesus was real. I think that would be awesome. But as it stands now, even with my whole life invested into church and Christianity, I just am unable to say that I'm a believer. And I don't know if that means atheist or agnostic or whatever terminology you want to use. I'm not sure if they're I, – I, those terms seem so, like, nebulous. Sometimes it's hard for me to use them. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there is a middle ground between belief and unbelief, like the word agnostic is, but – I certainly am open to God revealing to my, himself to me if that's if he's real and that's what he wants, you know? Oh, well, man, you're in luck because for the remainder of the podcast, I'm going to read Lee Strobel's A Case for Christ. And I, All right. <laughs> Sounds good. I think by the time we get done, I'll, I'll have you pinned down. Uh, I'm down. If, if he can do it, that's cool. <laughs> So yeah, I um, it's funny because um, I have known you for a long time, and we're not exactly at the same place, but uh, for whatever reason, we did seem to click. And I've I've shared a ton of things with you, doubts, and and that was one of the cool things. And I and I will say this in regards to your you know where you're at now, um, you were one of the guys that as a pastor I could say. Man, I think this is kind of, uh, I think what I'm hearing at this conference, or I think what I'm, what the Assemblies of God is saying, I think this is like, uh, shit, for lack of a better word. I'm glad you dropped the first cuss word. Yeah, dude, absolutely, I don't open the door. And, um, 
and you would listen and you would, you know, usually we would agree and I didn't have a lot of that. So, you know, you were really, really healthy for me in that way. And um, Gina and I, my wife, obviously, you know her, we were talking last night about this and um, she said, you know, one thing I got to say about Todd is Todd is like a walking work of art. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Oh, yeah, dude. You have always been a stylish guy, man. I'm an artist, man. Visuals matter. They yeah. Do. No, you are the guy for sure. Um, oh but yeah, you know, I I I remember the an epic no less thing, and and the um, the music you guys made was awesome. It was very good, and you know Thanks. why or why it didn't take hold. It, it probably has to do with some corporate thing that doesn't oh, matter anymore. But nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you know the the thing that. I think we both share is at some point in time, um, the belief system starts to break down, especially the yes. like the apologetics. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's where Christianity, in my opinion, anyway, really gets it wrong, is just the heavy emphasis on apologetics. First of all, I think it's boring. It doesn't really answer any questions. And yeah. um, at this point in time, don't you find it kind of irrelevant with where our society is? It certainly feels that way for me, man. Like, and I don't know, like, I'm, I'm a super anxious person. If anybody knows me, they they know I'm tightly wound as crap. Um, so, like, for me, I, I feel good with problem solving and puzzle solving. So I'm always trying to read books that compartmentalize the universe in this neat way for me. But anyway, I said that to say I just recently read a book on called the essential Carl Jung, the, you know, the philosopher. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, he's really good. I think he resonates with my personality a lot, but he, he talks about God and believing God as like more of a, a psychic principle. And, and that we could talk about for hours, but I like, there was a quote from him that I really liked. And somebody asked him or anytime he was asked whether or not he believed in God, his answer was, well, he would laugh and says, well, I don't believe I, I know. And it's not that he believed in, like, kind of a physical Jesus with a beard and heaven and that kind of thing, but it was just a principle that helped guide people. And I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, sometimes people, and me included, I needed an abstract for these principles. And that's really the best that I can say. I don't know if it's really a guiding light for our society or anything like that. As far as I read in a lot of scriptures, it seems kind of communist in nature. If I was, if I was honest, and I know that's not a guiding light for any society, and uh, I'm sure this is just just riling up believers right now uh, <laughs> to say the Bible is communist. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it certainly isn't for me, and, and I don't feel like it is for my family. Um, however, like Carl Jung, I, I'm okay with some people needing the the abstract for those principles. As long as they don't hurt anybody, you know. And if I was honest, sadly, I feel like churchianity is, is pretty toxic, man. If I was, if I was to be honest with you. Well, I think and, I, and I know we probably disagree, and like you, you can yell at me if you want. No, so. actually, I, I I agree with you. I, I think, um, I mean, I um, at by the time we left, you know, I, I was a pastor. By the time we left the church. I was really frustrated, man. I was yeah, pretty much. I was borderline atheist. I, I mean, dude, at this point, I I would never. 
I mean, I guess never is not the right word, but I, I, I certainly have no ambition to go back to a church at all. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I find the whole thing, like you said, I find it extremely toxic. And so many of the belief systems, um, and we've talked about it before, and I have a lot of friends that are this, and I always, I always complain about this on the podcast, but just like Calvinism, yeah, yeah. It's just like so sadistic and and, and disgusting. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, it really is, though. Yeah, I know, man. I, I agree. I've often said myself that, you know, if God was real and he was a Calvinist, you know what, man? I don't even want to be friends with him. You know, let alone sing songs about the guy. He seems like a jerk. Well, yeah, I mean, my uh, Gina and I God. talked about it, and, and she was asking me, why I believe some of the things I believe, and I've talked pretty openly about. I don't. I don't think people go to hell. Nah. And um, so she asked me about it, and I said, I, you know, honestly, the only way I know to say it is, God can't be that big of a dick. And, and, and I and I don't know how else to say that, you know. But yeah. I mean, I'm crying, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Do you like Calvinism, <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Nah, he doesn't seem interested. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. But you know, I I think that life and and you've probably experienced this too because you've had ups and downs, and I've been with you oh, through totally. some of those. But totally, life is so hard that yeah. I just find it very difficult to believe that at the end of it all, God says, "Well, too bad you didn't figure it out." Now yeah, you got to go to hell. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what was some of the, you know, for you, what uh, were some of the deteriorating ideas that brought you to where you are? Well, like most people, I think it's it's little by little. Um, you know, in the mid two thousands, it was the whole hell issue because it seemed completely unfair, um, and I couldn't bring myself to believe that God was unfair. So. I, like most people, we start to kind of pick and choose Bible verses, and then we start to make this narrative fallacy where this verse connects with this one and it means this. And you can really work backwards from any conclusion in any book to come up with like your hypothesis. Um, so it started with hell, and I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. And so as I, I was able to cherry pick some scriptures and say, "Well, hell isn't real," and uh, then I started looking at online. This going to sound. This is my the extent of my research here. Like. I started looking on YouTube videos of anti-apologists, and they would uh, confront people on their beliefs and they, or whatever. And I just saw that logically, uh, the atheist's argument were always sound. And before, I felt like faith was this virtue for living. And then I realized that I've been given faculties for thinking called logic and reason, and these were the actual virtues for decision making in my life. You know, it, it's not and in my opinion and, and science's opinion or whatever, like the reason the world's been eradicated of a lot of poverty and we're down to only 8% of the world and in, in just horrible poverty is because we have this scientific method of thinking. And it's not because someone had a feeling in their gut, you know, it's because we've been given these rules for decision-making. And so anyway, just studying and understanding those things, I think my faith, you know, just kind of crumbled into not much, man. Yeah, I, I'm curious, you know, coming from, I mean, you and I both at one point in time um, attended an Assemblies of God church. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, totally. So I'm just curious about the, you know, their Pentecostal organization for yeah. uh, for the listeners that don't know. So there, there's a huge emphasis on healing and things of that nature. Yeah. The failure to see people healed, did, did that affect you? Yeah, I mean, really when I was really in the thick of it about, you know, 96, the Assemblies of God was just like a thing about that, about then with the Brownsville revival and all that. And uh, I think sometimes the mind can really believe something and can encourage healing in the body. And, and so if someone got healed of a headache, that was enough for me to hold on. And I, I guess I just assumed there was something wrong with me that I wasn't seeing the dead rays. You know, it must be because I didn't have enough faith. Um, but then after a while, I just quit blaming myself, you know, like it was, it was like a virtue in the assemblies of God. Maybe, I don't know. I can't speak for like Catholics or Lutherans or anything like that, but it was like a virtue and in the assembly of God to be self-abasing. So it's like, if I am like a real piece of shit, that means like, I must be real holy or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm sure you explain that too. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, uh, it was a big not seeing the things that were in the last chapter of Mark, you know, the signs of the believer would follow, you know, they would heal sick, raise the dead, they'd take up snakes and all these things I wasn't exper- experiencing. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a confusing time moving out of that because I based my whole life on this shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just, like I said, rung really hollow in the end. Yeah. I don't know, man. For me, I think... Um the health thing is has been a big problem for me. Still is totally. a big problem for me. Totally. And um, just my understanding of God has been pretty difficult to discern. And I, you know who Jay Baker is? Are you familiar with Jay Baker? Dude, I just talked to him like the other day. No way. Yeah, I saw that you guys follow each other on Instagram. And like we talk about tattoos and stuff. Oh, uh, dude, he's... he's He's a beautiful soul, man. Dude, I totally want to tattoo that guy for sure. Yeah, oh, oh, he, yeah, yeah. He is, he is, he is just wonderful. But um, I, so I had him on the podcast, and he talked about the fact that sometimes, as you begin the process of you know what what we would call deconstructing, essentially, um, uh-huh. that it is kind of a slippery slope. The whole thing starts to fall apart. Yeah, and you sort of have to believe or, or find. Okay, well, what things do I believe in? Um, so, so you would leave room. I mean, like Jay Baker, you know, the guy does believe there is uh, a divine being or essence. You would leave room for that, or you're you're not there. If there would there be a divine being? Yes, I, I don't know. I would have to like have some kind of evidence for it. I guess I I just don't. Yeah, I don't know what that is. So probably the answer is no because I I don't personally have the evidence yet. But if I if I were to, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So um, have you looked at any other belief systems like you know anything pagan or or Buddhism or any of those kinds of things? Uh, No, (laughs) no. Um, So you were done. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like. And again, it wasn't because I was just mad or just fed up or frustrated. I just, I just didn't see the need for it. You know, like I had other things in my life to concern myself with than chasing after some fucking invisible deity. You know, like <laughs> I just, I've got a son and a wife now and a job. It's just, 
I just don't need to be wasting my time on this guy anymore. And, and that sounds like I'm being a jerk because there's probably a lot of people listening that Jesus is a really special thing to them. And, he, and I completely get it. He was really special to me too for a long time. But uh, no, I haven't looked into anything else. I mean, outside of like classes in college that just taught you the basics and stuff about like Buddhism. Like, I mean, I live in the mountains up here in Colorado and every hippie thinks they're a Buddhist. Um, right. So, I mean, everybody got. I'm a tattoo artist, of course, and like sometimes people will tip me in crystals. Nice. <laughs> so, I've got a collection of crystals and mala beads and stuff. But as far as looking into uh, that as another faith option, no, no, I haven't. Yeah. So, so in your mind, now, you know, I, I and I would, because I know you so well, um, mm-hmm. And I and I just want to say because I do have a lot of listeners that are uh, evangelical, and then others who yeah. are not at all. Uh, yeah. You know, you're not a you're not a, a non thinker. I mean, you're a philosophical, intelligent guy. I want to be. Well, you are. You are, and and I've always enjoyed that relationship with you. I, I we've always been able to you know, converse and um, those kinds of things. So, but. I strike you as a guy who might enjoy um, someone like Ralph Waldo Emerson or Thoreau. Yeah, I just read uh, that uh, Self-Reliance, uh, which is Emerson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. Excellent. Dude, he's awesome, for sure. I felt like he even like had a real great perspective on the arts and things in there. It was great. Yeah, so I'm a huge Emerson fan. But, you know, Emerson believed that God was um, more of a transcendent being, uh, almost uh-huh. like a, a, an essence, and that he could be found and seen in, you know, trees and, and, and grass and air and things of that nature. So. Sorry, I just walked up there. So obviously you're not there, but can you respect that? I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I, somebody once said that to me. I said I couldn't believe, and they they pointed at a bird. They're like, "What about that?" And I said, "Not freaking good enough." Well, yeah, I would agree with that. But I think I think they're talking more of like a, a maybe a metaphysical or an intuitive level. Yeah, I can't deny that there is a certain mysterious order to all this, you know? Like, I'm conscious, and I can look at the stars and be like, I can see that there's a complexity there. Um, But then after I think about it for a while, like, I realize that complexity doesn't imply necessarily intentionality. Um, And I can't help but notice that as complex as the human body is, and we got to think, well, someone must have made it that there's some real terminal flaws to something so complex and ordered. Like, you're like your eyeball and my eyeball is just a most incredibly complex thing, but there's a blind spot in it. And, and like any like engineering student that was told to make a lens, if they put a blind spot in it, they would fail their project. So I'm a little bit stumped with that when, it, when looking at nature and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's awe-inspiring. Yes, it's complex. And yes, it's ordered. But it's also really flawed, and I just don't get it. And in some allegory about Adam eating a fruit from his wife in an original sin, it just is freaking baloney to me, man. Like, <laughs> I just find that unacceptable as an answer. Um, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with that. What do you think? Is that off off the target? 
No, I don't think so, man. I think that it's legit. I, I think that um, a lot of the things that uh, we have always given as proof positive for God is just, you know, it's just crap. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't prove anything. And really, yeah. it ends up becoming a, a deterrent, you know, because people, I think a lot of thinkers would say, well, that what that's the best that you've got. I mean, that doesn't yeah. prove anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. It seems like with any debate, like we're not debating or anything, but like with any debate, it always comes down to it seems that the universe is complex, which is the believer's side. But the believer seems to be unable to, to string together the God of the Bible to that, or any really God. Like, I, I'm unable to see the complexity of the universe equal to Jesus. I, I just don't see it yet. And, and again, if Jesus wants to give me faith for that, he's more than welcome to. And, and you know, I, I hope you know that I'd be sincere about that, for sure. I would love that. Um, but for some reason, he's chosen not to give me faith in that, if he's real. And, and it's really, it's not, he's the one that gives faith, right? Like, that's not my responsibility. To, to make myself believe anything. I can't make myself believe the moon's pink. You know, I can't do that. I don't have the ability to make myself believe in anything. So if he wants me to believe, he's going to have to do it, you know. So at the end, I feel like it's kind of not my responsibility. It's not my problem. <laughs> you know, this red wine has really got me going, Greg. <laughs> Did, you see that? Did you see that soapbox I just got on there? Yeah, that was good. That was very impressive. Let me take a sip of this as you rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I think, you know, for me, um, <clears throat> and I can only, you know, speak from my perspective. So sure, sure. You, you may be perhaps more analytical, but for me, I, I I became very frustrated with, you know, the church. Yeah. And all well, the... I mean, how, how many hate email do you think I'm going to get from this? Like, <laughs> a ton, but go ahead. Oh, I, I hope so. I can only hope oh, so. dude, you know I will. It's a story of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I became very frustrated with the church and yeah. just just you know as a as a an add on to that I became very upset with the things that I sacrificed for the calling. Okay, and I'm talking yeah. about wife, kids, yeah, everything. Yeah. Let alone yeah. how much money I sunk into this crap. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I I did all that, and, and so when we left, I, I was really, by the time we got out of there, I and then I, I got involved in some other ministries, and it it was worse than the Assemblies of God, if that's even possible. And <laughs> Yeah, and, and so I got to a point where it's like, do I even believe? You know, do I even believe yeah. that there's... And, and so I toyed with that, and you know some of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I came to the point where... Um, I finally decided that I, I do believe there's something there. I don't. I don't know how much definition I can give it. I don't know how yeah. much how many terms I can apply to it. Sure. But I think there is a a God essence there, and I call it, of course I call it Jesus. You know, sure. perhaps sure. because that's who it is, or or that's the culture I was raised in, whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I I think for my own personal, I think there's something beyond just this physical form but you know that's me sure. uh, you don't toy with any of that um no <laughs> I, I, think, I think I did um because I really wanted to 
you know, I really wanted there to be something, you know. Um, but that's kind of like I said at the beginning, like there's a difference between kind of this emotional side and like my thinking side. And I just felt like for me, I can't guide my life anymore by this gut feeling thinking or gut feeling feeling emotional side anymore that I, I have to think. And and I think the biggest metaphor for that in my life was was my my wife Allie. Um, Allie came along in my life shortly after I was divorced for the first time, which is like the hardest thing ever. And I, were you married before? I can't remember. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, so like it's real, real shitty to to get divorced, right? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's the worst. It's so embarrassing, and you lose friends, and people take sides, and like, and you feel so guilty or whatever. You know how that goes. Um, but with so that I said that to say that at that point my life was extremely emotional, and you were there with me through that. Like, I was, was rough, yeah, I was with rough, you during that time, rough, man. Um, and you can remember, yes. Um, so at that point, my life was really emotional about things, and and then I met my wife Allie, and I think because I was so hurt, there were many times that I would project onto her and our relationship these hurts because she was just the softest target next to me. And uh, anytime we would get maybe an argument, I would be, I could tell I was just taking out my past hurts onto her. However, and there may have been times where I was just like, forget it, I don't need a woman in my life, that kind of he-man <laughs> part of your thinking that we get. Right. But I was intellectually able to see the good that she was doing for me. Um, I could see where my life was going. I could see that I was on a path to... to to good and happy things for me. And that could have been because of my own subconscious guiding me. But, and that's just an allegory that for me, at least I found that my life got on a better path when I quit feeling so much and started using my brain, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's kind of an emotional story for a thinking allegory, but, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, all those things, I, you know, all those kinds of, uh, times of suffering have a different effect that you know they're, they're they are painful experiences and yeah. it, it's in those times usually whenever you begin to at least subconsciously you know it shapes the way you feel about the world or the universe or, or god or any of those kinds of things so yeah 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 I, I think it's normal and you know as far as saying you know well, i'm i'm not angry and and all that i i get that and i don't think that about you and i and i never did mm-hmm. um but was that not part of the process for you? I mean, did you ever feel kind of pissed off at God, or did you ever feel a sense of mourning as you begin to walk away from this belief system? Yeah, yeah. If I was honest with myself, I think I, there were definitely sometimes I was, um, and <laughs> it seems whenever I would talk to God, often I would yell at God. And I can remember sometimes just being so mad at him because I stuck up for him. And there were so many times I felt like I was hurt by the church and where I had every reason to walk away. But I just loved him so much that I understood that this was part of the struggle, that I counted myself worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. And um, So, yeah, I think briefly I was. But after that was over, I was more I think I was more mad at myself like you and I talked about we sunk so much energy and time and money into into our belief and then 
I was just mad at myself, you know, because um, I wanted, I always wanted to do the right thing, but I think, I think I felt like I was just doing a bad thing, you know, and it cost me everything at the time. Not to sound self righteous or anything, because I know I can be an absolute jerk sometimes. You know me; I can be, <laughs> I can be a jerk sometimes. Yeah, most of uh, the time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'm giving that impression right now. <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> but yeah, I think I was mad and, and hurt for a while there as as things changed, and then it was scary, you know, because like the big question is is like what happens when we die, and like. I think that's for a lot of us that are afraid of the dark. Um, but after some time, I, I'm able to accept things. And uh, I think so. You know, who knows what it will feel like in 10 years, five years, or tomorrow. Well, yeah. I mean, that you know, one of the things that Emerson uh, said, and I don't think it was in Self-Reliant, although it may have been, but um, he said, you know, whatever, I can only speak with full conviction what I believe today. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and and if next week it contradicts what I said this week, then so be it. I'll speak next week what I believe <laughs> at that that's point. Good. But I, yeah, I mean, I think we all are at that point. So I, I do want to chase something real quick here and and sure. and gravitate a little bit away from your communist atheistic views. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a communist for those people listening. <laughs> well. We'll talk about that later, listeners. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, one of the things that we both have in common, and uh, and we have never spoken about this one on one, but um, and and I think it's important because a lot of people, especially listen to this podcast, can are probably going through the same thing, and that is the really the abusive nature of. And I'm going to quantify it because I, I live in America, but the yeah, abusive yeah. nature of the evangelical church. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would you agree ultimately that in in most circumstances, well, at least the, the circumstances we experienced, which were in major denominations, it really is kind of an abusive system? Okay, let's think about that question. Because <laughs> I don't want to paint anything too wide of a brush. Um because there's probably some pretty good things that have come out of it. I experienced from some people, mm, half a dozen people, and some abusive things that happened in, in my church experience. Um, and that's probably the best I could say. I couldn't point out to a specific doctrine or something like that, but I was certainly hurt by a lot of people in my experience, yes. Well, how about tithing? Well, I think that's a joke. Well, I mean, what is the punishment if you don't give? Yeah, you're right, man. You know, um, not attending church, you know, that turns into a big issue. And, you know, one of the things that really was hard for me when I left the ministry was uh, I'm betraying this calling. And, of course, as you look through the Bible, I mean, callings don't seem to be life sentences, you know. Yeah. So it just seems to me that there are a lot of, you know, maybe maybe they're not on the level of like some kind of strange cult. Yeah. But they're more a little bit subconscious or, um, oh, I, I don't know. They're somewhat clothed in friendship. Yeah, yeah, pretty. they get pretty syrupy, don't they? <laughs> they get pretty syrupy, man. And, you yeah. know, there's, I mean, you've heard, and, and I have too, sure. that if somebody can't pay for their rent, 
and it's time for them to tithe, well, they should have faith and go ahead and tithe. Yeah. And that, that's fairly yeah. abusive, really. You're right, man, for sure. Like, I think I wanted to be kind of nice about this. <laughs> but you're right. There, I think I took it on a more personal level that I experienced some, like, real hurts from, like, specific people, unfortunately, that were in leadership uh, of churches growing up. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right, man. There's some... There's some stuff that's not quite right that uh, you're supposed to support this collective thing when I think you really should love yourself most so you can love others best. You know, and if that means paying your rent before the pastor's Mustang, then you probably ought <laughs> to pay your rent. Right on. Exactly. Well, so, so yeah. those were some of the things that were difficult for me as, as I was oh, kind of gravitating away from that. You know, just the... Uh, Wow, you know, I, I put up with so much crap from people for the for the cause of Christ, which yeah. now now I don't think it was. I think it was the cause of some weird, I don't know, philosophy yeah. that was being proposed. But yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of atheism, not not yours, but a lot of atheism stems from just those abuses where people say this this is crap. I can't even do this anymore. It, right. it is a it, it can be a very painful, I think, transition. Yeah, yeah, it can. It's hard not to walk around with a big chip on your shoulder for a while. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. And it's done me well. Like, I, you know, I really like the artist Leonardo da Vinci. And, like, there's an allegory, there's a story about him where some friend was talking to him about how he lost his way in his life. And da Vinci walked over to a sculpture of his, this priceless thing, and pushed it over and broke it. He said, if you found you lost your way, just start over. And even like this precious cultural achievement, he just broke it and said, just start over. And so for me, like what helped me personally is I had to change my context. My context was small town Illinois. And we're just above the Bible Belt. And I felt like because I played music, I knew everybody and everybody knew me. And uh, it was time for me to change my context. So I moved right out of the Bible Belt. And uh, it, it has helped me to be in a city that's cash flow positive. There's nobody out here smoking meth. And so that's been an encouragement to me is to surround myself with people I want to be like. And uh, not that everyone back home is bad, of course. You know, there, there's some brilliant, the most brilliant musicians I know are all from Southern Illinois. You know, like my some of my favorite professors are from Southern Illinois. But at least for me, I knew I had to make that change to start feeling better about all this. So, yeah. Yeah, so the transition, and I'm just curious, you know, for me, um, I, I do believe in God, but there has still been a major, and I'm still in the, in the midst of that, and perhaps you are too, but the transition yeah. from this very dominant um oppressive really god yeah. figure to yeah. something that's not that and, and maybe it was a simple transition for you it hasn't been for me but i mean dude were there ever times that you just i don't know really wrestled and and even felt a sense of depression about this yeah yeah and i th- <laughs> I think I felt that even when I said I was a believer too, kind of like you. Um, and, and like it started with Degum. What's the 
author of Love Wins. Uh, Rob Bell. Rob Bell. I read that book. <laughs> that sent us all in a spiral, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. Because he just because he's right, you know. Like uh, in my in my opinion, I keep like tiptoeing around, like I'm going to offend somebody. But no matter what the heck I'm going to say, it's going to be offensive. But yeah, don't um, tiptoe, that, man. Don't say, yeah, say whatever yeah. you want. So he, yeah, if. If there was a God, I can't imagine him being cruel. It's like, we've got kids, right? How much do you love your kids? More than anything in the universe, right? Like, I can't imagine (laughs) hiding myself from my kid and sneaking him little letters under the door in his bedroom and just saying, believe in me. And, oh, by the way, if you don't believe in me after this amount of time, I'm going to send you to this torture chamber in the basement. (laughs) Right. Yeah, right, man. I refuse to believe that. I don't care how many scriptures say it. I don't care if you swashbuckle me with every scripture in the Bible. I refuse to think that a God could act that way. And uh, it just <laughs> it just made me, I don't know, you know what I mean. Like We can get pretty impassioned about, about that. But yeah, it can be depressing. It can be scary. Um, so, I don't know. I just had to start over. I had to push the statue over, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I like that illustration. And, and uh, just so we don't, uh, I, and don't take offense to this, but sure. for, for people that are listening, I'm not saying that pushing the statue over means you have to be an atheist. But No, no. But this starting over concept, I mean, that that is a beautiful story. But I, I just want to make it clear, that's not necessarily easy. No, no, it's not. It, it can cost you everything. Well, it will. I mean, I don't have any of my... You're the only friend I have from that church period. And that, really? that's because you've, you're lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but don't you find that? I mean, how many, how many of those old Christian friends still text you or... You know what I mean? Dude, my best friends refuse to be able to talk to me about these issues. You know? I yeah. never, and I don't even talk to them, you know? Yeah. But yeah. that could be because I'm a jerk, dude, and they have some reason they didn't want to talk to me about. But I even remember asking some of my best friends, hey, I'm feeling this way. And they're like, and for them in their lives at that time, they couldn't, that's not something they wanted to talk about. Well, I, yeah, because I, I think most people are afraid to ask those questions. But to me, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. I mean, you, you're, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but you believe whatever it is that you believe. And yeah, so, you just believe, believe what you're able to, I guess. Well, and I, I mean, you can't, you know, it's kind of like, uh, hey, do you, do you think there's a hell? And all of a sudden, you know, they put their fingers in their ears and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to talk about this, you know, type yeah, of mentality. Yeah. When if you don't believe or if you're struggling with something, I don't know, you know, it, it's important to take the courage to say, yeah, I, I don't think I believe this, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's nothing off the table for discuss. God's not thin-skinned and sensitive, you know? <laughs> if he was real, he certainly wouldn't get offended. If You know, and asking somebody for a reasonable amount of proof on such a complex idea is not unreasonable. Absolutely. You know? and- yeah, no, I totally agree, man. I, I, I do. And, you know, I, I, I don't think... And perhaps, it, you know, there was a time in my life when I was pretty judgmental. But uh, about the time that you and I um, met and became friends, I was still a little judgmental, but I was certainly letting go of a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I think that that's, and I needed somebody that was also not judgmental. And I didn't have very many of those people in my life. In fact, you probably remember this. I've, I've told you about it before, but I was at a worship conference and uh, I won't mention the guy's name, but he's just talking about, you got to be so righteous to have the, the spirit in your service. And you got to be so pure to, to, for God to move in your church and for you to have growth. And I was thinking at the time, I have given up every damn thing I can possibly sacrifice. And yeah. uh, this guy is, you know, he was just, and I texted you and said, dude, this guy sucks. I, I can't stand <laughs> And I, I told remember. you his name and you're like, oh, that guy's a nut, you know. <laughs> you know, for somebody to be so resolute about their ideas about God, you think God would let him write some better songs. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, if God's giving you music, it'd be pretty good, right? You would think but so. But his songs suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't disagree with that, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. Like, But I, I say that because, I mean, I think I acted the same way. But I was just a kid, too, so never mind. I'm not going to assign myself any blame for what I thought when I was 13. Or yeah. Yeah. Well, I think all of us kind of go through, you know, the the thing that all religions or the, the, you know, the um, established religions, the thing that they do well is present their belief system in a stylized format. And it's hard to debunk that unless you're willing to think for yourself. And religion typically isn't for the independent thinker. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, and I can I, I can see exactly why I you know I thought and felt that way. I was just you know I was scared and I needed a way to like compartmentalize the universe. You know I this is a this is a pretty mysterious thing we're in, and so and there's some things we can't explain. But you know over time the the things we can't explain we assign we say that's God. But over time, you know, God retreats back and we say, oh, no, the wolf isn't eating the moon and the eclipse. That's actually the sun coming in the way or whatever. Like, you know, like the Vikings did. They thought a wolf god would eat the sun during an eclipse and they had to scream at the wolf god so it would vomit it out of its mouth. Like over time, we understand that those things aren't true and there's actually an explanation for it. And and I think as time goes on and on, God will retreat back further and further. Right. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know what what I think about that. I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, I certainly don't. Um, I don't have any judgment for you know what you think. I, I do oh, believe. You can tell me I'm wrong. I don't mind. I don't well, mind. you know, I mean, in my own, I, I, I guess I think that there is something more than just this physical form, and I think it's something that I that I relate to on a non-physical level and I realize that I can't prove that I can't and, yeah, yeah yeah and I have no way to quantify that in, in a definitive way I mean I can tell you you know etheric things that have occurred but those yeah. things occur for all kinds of people so yeah they do. yeah so I, I think that each one of us has to say okay well you know this is what I believe, honestly believe, and so this is where I'm at. But I, I do think that you have to come to a place of honesty. And if you think hell is crap, then don't be afraid to say that's that uh, that's crap. I don't believe that, or whatever the belief system is that you know. Because I think that deep down within us, we know what we believe, but we're afraid to face it. And so we deep down know what we believe. And and you and I have been through this, where you're just 
shoving those doubts deeper and deeper and deeper. And then finally one day you sort of have this mini explosion where you can no longer deny what you really feel or believe. And so one of the things you can't do is be ashamed of where you're at. And and I think that there is a sense of shame with people who say, look, I I don't believe what you believe. Um, it takes a bit of courage maybe to step out and do that. But I do think that's an important step. C- certainly you would agree that for you to be the man that you are today, you, you had to finally say, I mean, just be out in the open with it. P- probably you were a closet closet non-believer for for a season maybe not very long but is that true yeah well yeah and i think a lot of us are and i'll go ahead and just put out another challenge for all these hateful email that i'm going to get but um for instance like when i became an unbeliever i was just able to say that um i was like a youth pastor or helped in youth ministry for a long time and i was in church for, for forever and for a group of hundreds of people that believed I would be, they believed, I guess, that I'd be sent to hell, really no one got that concerned, <laughs> you know? And so either they didn't care, which is hard for me to believe because these were my friends, or maybe on some level they didn't believe it either, you know? Because, like, Craig, for instance, if you were to tell me, hey, man, I'm going to commit suicide right now, I would get on a plane and I would go tackle you to the ground. Right on. <laughs> um, but if, if you said you know, hey man, I don't believe in God, I'll probably go to hell. It's just hard for me to believe if someone really believed that, that they wouldn't get on a plane and tackle you to the ground. You know, and say, no, you got to believe, because that's like, that's worse than suicide, you know? So I assume, I don't assume that these people didn't care about me, I just assume on some level, they just didn't believe that that's what's going to happen. You know, does that make sense? Because I don't... Or maybe they just didn't care. <laughs> Who knows? No, no, it, it does make sense, man. I mean, I I've heard, and you know, it was meant as as condemnation, but I've heard you know pastors say if you really believed in a hell, you'd be doing a lot more, you know. And it was a sin. It, there, he was trying to motivate right. church attendance right. or, or something, giving right. totally. yeah. <laughs> something oh. other than saving people. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but no, I I and you know that was the thing for me is. Um, I had this nagging doubt, and I read Rob Bell's book, and, and the, the only thing that Rob Bell's book did for me was, um, okay, there's, a, there's someone else out there who feels the way I feel. Yeah, yeah. And then at some point, I just was, um, and everybody said, you know, God, dude, it just seems so funny now, but people are like, dude, it, it'll ruin your ministry, it'll do, yeah. you know, and, you, and at the time, it's like, that matters for some reason, and now I'm so yeah. far from that. You know, I, I wish that I wish a long time ago I would have said, "Look, I, I don't believe this. I think it's crap." You know. Yeah, yeah, probably would have made us feel a little bit better doing all that stuff. You know. Well, I, I don't know how you. I don't know how you. I don't know how you love. You know, in any other context, um, if there was a woman who said. Uh, I'm married to a guy who says he loves me more than anything. He'll do anything I ask, but if I ever leave him, he's going to torture me to death in the middle of the woods. Y- you would say, right. well, that's an abusive relationship. You got to, you got to totally. get out of that, you know, totally. but yeah. God gets a pass. I just, it, it's like defies logic 
for me. It really does. It really does. You're right, man. I, I sure hope, like, I don't know what good will come from, like, this podcast, but if people, if someone is able to leave that way of thinking, I think we would have done a pretty good thing. You know, like, there'll be, you know, someone can quit <laughs> looking at the world that way. I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I, I think that, I don't know. I, you know, you and I have similar ideas, but our conclusions are different. So yeah, yeah. But I, I think that it is. I, I always think it's healthy for somebody to say, "Look, this is what I believe. This is what I don't believe." And if it doesn't sit well with a group of people, you know, screw it. I, I, I can't. You know, I'm, I, I'm tired of living by that individual's concept or their idea of what right and wrong is and I have to live by my own personal I guess I don't convictions is a Christian word but <laughs> a little bit yeah, yeah you know I I have to live I, and you know I don't want to say my own truth because then that starts to sound new agey but I, I just think you know you have to be honest with yourself I I believe in Jesus but I don't believe in this or I believe in this but I don't believe in Jesus or whatever it is. I mean I have friends who consider themselves to be Christians but don't believe in um that the crucifixion was atonement, you know? Okay. So so they're saying, look, I don't believe I believe Jesus was the son of God, but I don't believe God would kill his son to save me. I think I was already saved. Well, whatever. Really, really I mean, dicing stuff up there, aren't they? Yeah. Oh well, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Dicing it up, man. But at least, I agree. at least people can be honest, and I, I really think you got to get to a place where you, you know, you can speak your truth without fear of. And and look, you're going to lose friends for sure. But are yeah, they I are know. they really friends? You know what I mean? Hmm. Let me think about that. I don't know. They sort of seem like friends. <laughs> um, I guess not forever. It's like you said, I guess a calling isn't a life sentence. Even in friendship. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's the best that I can say about a lot of stuff. I don't know. Well, no, I, I think that that's... That's the best I can say about a lot of things, too. You know? I, I, For sure. I, yeah, I don't know what I think about that, you know? Yeah, and I think that's really the difference between, like, maybe a believer and, like, an atheist. is just a, an atheist would say that because I don't know, I can't say that I believe, you know? Okay. So, let me... Go be, ahead. Give okay. it to me. Give it to me. So, it, wouldn't it also, though, be fair, and I'm not trying to uh, uh, get you saved here. There's not going to be, like, no, a sinner's yeah, prayer. <laughs> Isn't it safe to also say, Todd, though, that, I mean, you don't know that there isn't something on the other side of this physical world? Yeah, that that's called, yeah, you're making, unfortunately, that's a fallacious statement. It's just that kind of basic, the burden of proof is on the believer thing. In the same way that I can't say that, I, I can't disprove that there are green aliens on the, side, on the dark side of the moon. You know, like, really, that's up to the believer of that station that statement to prove it. So you as a believer are, are burdened to give me evidence of your belief. Well, and, because, and, and, because why, why am I, why though? I mean, no, this is basic logic principle. And there are some philosophers that disagree. There's a guy named Potter that, uh, felt like science should have the 
ability to prove something false. I, I think I disagree. I think if you believe a statement, your burden to tell me, give me the proof. It's like if I were to tell you, I believe that there's a spaghetti monster God. And you would say, okay, give me the evidence. And I would say, well, I just believe it in my gut. And you would say, well, that's not good enough for such a fantastic claim. It's just called the shift of a burden of proof, which we could talk about for another several hours. And I'm not, and I wouldn't say that atheism is not a belief. Atheism is a negation of a belief. And this is where things get a little bit sticky as far as philosophy and logic. It's like there's more than one answer to a question. There's yes, no, and nonsense. And I would just, I'm not saying no, I'm just saying it's nonsense. I'm unable to believe because I don't have the evidence. But again, that might take us another four hours <laughs> to go through that. But no, I, I don't believe I have the uh, the burden to dis, to disprove, no. Well, and, and you know, I, I understand that. Uh, I, I, I think it's, I think it's a little bit, it's kind of semantics, you know, because who establishes the rules for, uh, you know, uh, I guess a conversation. You know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't say the Bible does. Right. No, I know you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well, I, I, I would agree with you that um, a believer in whatever, whether it is um, Christianity or, or Judaism or Buddhism or whatever, you know, whatever the, the religious idea is, um, it, it is almost impossible. And, you know, you've heard as many apologetic conversations as I have. Um, I think it's almost impossible for anybody to prove positive that there is a God. Yeah. Um, but I do think, and, and I know you'll disagree with this, um, sure. but I, I do think on the other, the flip side of that, while I, I understand it's a negation of a belief, Sure. Um, which I read something uh, earlier about this because I was uh, prepared to contradict you. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, but I did. I, I read uh, an atheist opinion that said, "Look, to prove atheism is right uh, makes it a religion when it should just be the negating of a belief system." So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I do think that there is a sense of the unknown that neither one of us can answer. Um, with a series of um, facts. No, yeah. I'm just unable to give that a name and call it God or or whatever that is. I just, I, I personally, not you, but I personally find it a little bit arrogant to, uh, to be able to say that that force is this God and his son is Jesus and he wore sandals and he drank wine. It's just, <laughs> it's just the whole universe is, I don't know, it's like, you saw the pictures of that black hole that they took pictures of or whatever? Yes. And then, yeah, it's like 65 billion times the size of our sun. And so that's that's one dark spot in the universe. After I read that, I said, I don't want to hear anybody's opinion on anything ever again. And it's like we talked to, like about last year after I had my kid, I read Stephen Hawking's Brief History of Time. Yeah. And just the numbers he was using to describe these very basic mathematics of our universe were so far beyond my understanding. There's just no way I can just feel comfortable enough to like, oh yeah, the universe was made by God and, and you know, you better not masturbate because he'll get pissed off. And like, like I, I just find that extremely arrogant to say, you know, like, 
maybe you can cut that out if it's too crass. No, dude, it's it's audience. totally fine. I I I agree with you that um, people who say you know I know that I know that I know, and this is absolutely the way that it is. I mean that that's that's insanity. It's insane. Sure it is, man. Yeah, and I mean that's part of my problem with so much of evangelicalism, certainly Calvinism, which we talked about earlier. You know, Calvinism seems to be a very um, they place heavy emphasis on I know and you don't. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it, it absolutely drives me up the wall because my belief in God, and I'll say this, you know, um, uh, honestly, my belief in God is a metaphysical faith. It's not It's not based on sheer logic. I don't have the numbers. I don't have the, and, and I don't care to, you know, anymore. I don't, I don't. Those things become boring. I mean, dude, you could, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's like yeah. Stephen Hawking's book. I have no doubt oh. that it's, it's brilliant. I have no doubt. It's also boring. <laughs> it is. It's boring. It, it's yeah. boring. And, and so are, you know, I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who I love and care about. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to an apologetics conference. And I, I just like, dude, shoot me in the face before I yeah. go to that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think for me, I couldn't even get through any, like, sermons anymore. And it's just the same thing about self-esteem and crap. I just, I just couldn't even listen to it anymore. No, I can't either, really. It just... Can you uh, what a waste of time. <laughs> At least for, for me, there might be some young person out there that needs to hear about their self-esteem every Sunday. But, well, yeah. it usually comes with some kind of back-ended uh, commitment that you have to make. And that's that's where I kind of run into right. problems with it, you know. Right, right. And, like, I think I can totally appreciate your belief in God in the same way that, like, Carl Jung did. I don't think he even, like, felt like he could acknowledge it. But he believed that there was a principle there that helped and guided people. And, and one of his uh, clients that he was counseling was an alcoholic. And there's nothing Young could do to help him at all. He just always returned to alcoholism. So Young suggested that he go actually to this local evangelical service in hopes that he would have a conversion experience and that that God principle would be enough to change his mind about alcohol, at least on the subconscious level, about alcoholism. Anyway, sure enough, that guy went to the service and became a Christian, and it was him that started Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's been like over 2 million people that have come off alcoholism because of that experience, you know. And that, to me, sounds a lot like a godly thing that I would want to believe in, you know. Okay. So, you heard it, everybody. Todd Larson confirmed there is a God. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) See you, guys. I can definitely get on board with that principle for sure. I I think Todd that that for me that's where that's mostly where I rest. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so I I I don't you know I don't want to get into the semantics of it, but I, I I yeah, my belief system isn't uh, anchored. In evangelicalism, you know, I, I, I can't do it. I don't see it. And uh, whether we got Jesus wrong or, or I, I don't know, but a lot of it just seems like crap. And I obviously I'm not there anymore. I don't do it anymore. And I, and I won't go back. And I get invited. I'm sure you do too. Nah. <clears throat> you <know. laughs> not anymore. 
Nice. Yeah, I, I yeah. still get invited. You know, you should you should go Easter Sunday. It's like, uh, yeah, nah, right. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But it's okay to, like, the thing is, like, maybe what people can get out of this, that you would agree, it's okay to grow. And it's okay to change, you know. The, the world's a different place than it was 25 years ago. That's changed. Like, it's not scary to change, you know. It's not scary at all. You just get to grow up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think anybody who doesn't challenge what they believe or or just be honest about their belief system, they're they're just um, you know they're they're denying their 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 self. Really, I mean, we all have those. We all grow. We all change. Totally. Everybody does. You know, and and people who believe what they believed twenty five years ago, they're they're lying to themselves. They don't believe that. There's no way they believe that. No, probably not. Probably no, not. absolutely not. All right, so a couple of quick things. So sure. you're in Colorado. Yep. You love it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And yeah, you, uh, you're you're a tattoo artist, and man, it looks like you're doing great. Yeah, man, I'm super, I'm super blessed, Pastor Craig. Um, <laughs> nice, that? yeah, nice. very good. Yeah, Thank we're you. doing good, man. I, I'm really thankful um, for the work I have out here. Um, I'm thankful that it warrants, you know, my wife to get to stay home with our son full time, which is a, such a freaking blessing. Um, but yeah, we're, I think we're doing good. Yeah, I uh, man, dude, I, I I've got to get out there and and uh, and have you tattoo me. Yeah, I'm not gonna make any jokes about the marijuana. No, not not nah. not one joke, huh? Wow. Okay. I <laughs> saw that uh, they're trying to legalize mushrooms out there too. Well, they decriminalize mushrooms in Denver. That, that doesn't mean they're legal, but it just means you don't go to jail if you possess them. But the next step would be legalization. Yeah. Pretty progressive state there, buddy. Yeah, man. I love progress. I really do. For, especially over stuff like that that shouldn't even be illegal. But there's, there, I'm sure I'll get more hateful email from Christians on that. Oh, I hope so. God, I, I hope guess. so. I've never tried any anything like that before, but I'm I'm glad that you know people don't have to go to jail for years for possessing a plant. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, I've got a buddy of mine that's um, like a shaman. Uh, <laughs> that, that's his practice, right? So yeah, yeah, they do a lot of the, they use a lot of those kind of hallucinogens to you know for their spiritual insight. All right, <laughs> and, and of course you know they have to do that. Um, I, you know, out of public view and, and um, yeah. kind of secretively. And the sad thing about it is, you know, I've never done, I've never even done uh, uh, smoked marijuana, but the yeah. uh, the sad thing about it is, is it doesn't seem, there doesn't seem to be any harm involved in it. So I'm not sure if I understand, Yeah, you know, the big yeah. blowback. Yeah, I've never met a hippie that was anything but real nice. Exactly. Am I, right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. They're real nice, man. They listen to fish, and that band sucks, but they're really nice otherwise. <laughs> so other than that, you're okay with them? Yeah, I'm not going to like hula hoop or anything, but, you know, whatever. So let me ask you this. Um, in, in all fairness, um, what are some what are some moderate ways that you explored where you're at right now? As a, you know, not the Stephen Hawking's, but are, are there more gentle suggestions that you might offer somebody? Yeah, I think, um, okay, I'm going to give just a small allegory. So I'm an artist, right? Um, Right. One of of my favorite artists, his name is Marcel Duchamp. 
1911, he took a men's urinal and he turned it upside down and he signed it and he put it in an art gallery. And so this is really the beginning of modern art. And, and, and what he was doing was basically challenging what art was. And, and at this point, just post-World War One. This is the first time in history that the United States has been opened up to the whole world. You could travel to China if you wanted to. It's never happened. So basically what he was saying is that an object's context matters. That a urinal in a bathroom is meant to be defecated on or whatever, or peed on. But, it could, but when you put it in an art museum, it could be seen as something holy. You put it in a church, maybe you worship it or something. He's just saying your context, your context changes the value of an object. And for me, anybody, every person within a brain in Southern Illinois, I would hope that they get the heck out of there. And I'm saying that to you, Craig, <laughs> that, that I think, like Jackson County, Illinois, is the lowest you know income of a household. There's like 18 grand a year where people making over there. And with poverty, I think comes a lot of problems. I would just say people that want to better themselves do like all our grandparents did. And find a place that makes you better. That find a context that adds value to your life. So number one, I, that's what I would do: is if you want to better yourself in some way, uh, find the context that gives you value. Maybe that's here in Illinois. Maybe it's Carterville. Maybe it's Colorado. But seek out the place that that, that gives you more value. And like for me, I, this was it for me. I was like, well, what's the best state I can move to? I want to move to Colorado. What's that? What's the fourth happiest town in the U.S.? I'm moving there because I want happiness. So that's, that was for me, is that I wanted to find the place that could give me more happiness. And so that was a long, verbose answer for something very... Um, other than that, I think we need to put ourselves around uh, people we admire and that bring us joy. Like, I wouldn't be talking to anybody on a podcast about this, you know, unless I really clicked with them and felt like they were giving value to my life. Um you know, it's like, so I want to be around people that think. So that's it. It's find a context that gives you value and be around people that think. Does that, is that a, the right answer to your question? Or Oh, no, I, I think it's a very good answer, man. I, I do. Right. And, you know, uh, anytime you transition at all, you're, you, there are things that you will add and, and there are things that you will lose. Sure. And uh, I have friendships that I... You know, I, I wouldn't say I ended them at, like, I sent them a text message and said, hey, I'm not your friend anymore, you know. <laughs> but I, I knew that I had to leave them behind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did. And uh, and I did leave them behind. And then, you know, I, I there were people that I thought, okay, that's somebody that I would like to be a part of my life uh, because that's the direction I'm headed. And they, they, they helped me to expand and grow and those kinds of things. So... No, I, I I completely agree. I think that that's I think it's an important part of the process and being able to say goodbye to something yeah. as difficult as it may be. Uh, every once in a while, it is necessary to say goodbye. For sure, you know, and I've been on the receiving end of people having to say goodbye to me too. And you know what? After this time, I don't hold it against anyone. I completely understand. You know, and like a real friend and someone that cared would understand about those things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you being on, dude, and and uh, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, we made it happen. It only took us like four or five years to get this recorded. I know. What's the problem? I think it was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, re- I really suck at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a bad friend. Yep, horrible.
Yeah. Now, so, you know, I do want to say, man, that um, I, I respect where you're at. And, and you know, you've always been... Same. You've always been somebody that I've I've been able to, to talk to, and I I mean I've t- I've talked to you about a lot of you know personal things and and struggles that I've been that I've had, sure. and 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 the reason that I bring that up is you know I I, I want people to understand that um, you know you are a very good individual, and and these belief systems that you have because some people will judge you based on them, obviously. <clears throat> you don't you don't say. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, some people. Some people might. They might do it. Um, but but they come to you very honestly, and and um, you know I know I know a lot of atheists, and and a lot of them are angry for whatever yeah. reason, and, yeah. and that's not the category that you fall into. So I I can appreciate where you're at. Sure, man. Same for sure. And I mean, I, you're a snappy dresser. I I do my best. Walking work of art. I'm told. Yes, absolutely. That's. Did, did you see me knit that this whole thing together? Did you see that right there? That was very good. Yeah, that was yeah. that was good, yeah. man. Very good. So so, and I don't know how open you are to this, but um, if people wanted to make contact with you, how, how would that happen? Sure, I, I'm most active on my Instagram, which is just Todd Showdown. Or I mean, if they can't, if they're not on Instagram, you can go to ToddShowdown.com, and there's a little contact form on there. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's a pretty slick website, man. Thanks. Yeah. Um, one of my coworkers is pretty good at design, and so like I think that's half of what I love about my work is getting opportunities to be creative and digital field and 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 like on skin too. So it's it's all pretty fun. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I will tell you, man. I've I've watched. I remember when you first got into tattooing, if that's mm-hmm. the correct term, and. Sure. Um, just I've I've watched you progress. I mean, my God, you're just brilliant, man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> thank you. Um, it's hard to feel that way when you see so many geniuses out there, you know, that are just better than you. But but thank you very much. Uh, we've been trying real hard. Um, but I think there's a part of me that uh, just really doesn't want to fail, and and I've been humiliated before for failing, and I just can't allow it to happen again. You know, and so I, we've got the motivation, I guess. Well, I, your work is brilliant. I, I mean, it's just Thank incredible. You. Yeah. Thank you. And, and also, you know, just for those of you listening, um, Todd and I have been friends for a long time, but even if we weren't, your Instagram is great, and uh, you, you update all the time, and, and a lot of times you're talking to the people that follow you, which is uh, yeah. very cool, man. Yeah, thanks. I, uh, yeah, it's just uh, something I'm trying just just being social on social media rather than just being narcissistic. <laughs> well, that's a nice change for you, man. It really is. You can't have this great a haircut and not be a slave. <laughs> I'll give you that one. I'll give you that yeah. one. Yeah, for sure. Amen. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, again, Todd, I, I just I want to thank you, man, for being on. And, and I'd love to do this again, um, you know, if, if you're willing. And, and, yes, uh, see you in four years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I, I would, and and you know, I, 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 and I'll say it, you know, publicly. I mean, I, I appreciate uh, the friend that you've been all these many years, and uh, just you know, even though you're you're resolved in where you're at, um, you've always been an individual that's been not judgmental, and uh, man, that's a beautiful thing to have, in, you know, especially in this world that we live in today. Cool, thanks, man. Yeah, so I appreciate you, man. Um, hang on for just a moment. I'm going to close this thing out, and then I'm going to come back and talk to you, okay? Okay. All right, everybody, so thanks for joining me today. 
Um, I will catch you on the other side of the music. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Todd is a great guy. If you want to catch up with him, I think the, well, the way that I find him easiest is Todd Showdown on Instagram. He's always posting um, stuff to his story and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So and, and he's fun to follow, right? Is that how you say that? I think so. So go check him out. Again, um, if you're not following, if you haven't liked the Black Sheep Experience on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, do that. Tell your friends. And that's it. Thanks for hanging out. Catch you next time. Done.